Hey, this is Andrea, and you're listening to the City Heart Podcast. We hope that this series inspires you, challenges you, and propels you to dive deeper into your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. Let's go ahead and jump into this last message. I'm so excited for this last message of this series, We Are Not Normal. And this series has been so good. Um, It's really blessed me and challenged me in some ways, even about my own thinking, about myself and about my faith. And so if you have not seen, if you have not been able to get uh, get in tune with the previous weeks, man, you can watch it online. You can jump on our podcast. Um, to check that out, we have uh, past videos on Facebook. We have the podcast, Apple. You can go on there. Um, all the Google Play stuff, you can get it on there. Um, you can also go to YouTube, and all of the messages are up. And we want, we'd love for you to go in and digest what the Lord is saying in this series, because I believe it is for where we're going as a church, where the Lord is leading us to next, the fact that we are not normal. And so we've been camped out in this series for the last seven weeks. This is actually the eighth and final uh, passage message in this series, We Are Not Normal. And so, man, we're going to go ahead and jump in. So if you have your Bibles, open them up with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And we're going to begin reading in verse 18. Romans chapter 6. We're going to look in verse 18. And I'm going to get moving, make sure I can stay on time. Romans chapter 6 and verse 18 reads like this. It says, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. If you looked in the first part of 19, the Apostle Paul gives kind of a detail on why he used this particular Uh, description, this depiction of a slave and and what we're slaves to as a way to to make it so that everybody understands what he's talking about, right? But we're going to pick up right there in the middle of verse 19. It says, just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness, Verse 20 says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Verse 23, we know this one says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you have something there, Romans, stick it right there. So important to what we're going to talk about today. But let's look at one more passage uh, that dovetails so well into that Romans 6. When I was reading, I was like, look, it's almost like you wrote these together, but they're actually separate letters. But let's take a look here in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 3. We're going to look in, uh, excuse me, Ephesians 3 and verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14 says this. It says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. 
And I pray that out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power. Everybody say power. Power. Through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than, we, than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I'm teaching this last part of We're Not Normal. I'm teaching a message today called Extra, Extra. Extra, Extra. Bow your heads. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you, Lord, that you are good. Lord, I thank you that your kindness and and your goodness just rains down on us, God, that you do everything in your power that you can to bring us closer to you, Lord. And so right now, Lord, we submit ourselves to that plan. Lord, we submit ourselves to your will. We submit ourselves to your word and what your word is encouraging us to do, and that is to be connected to you, God. Lord, if there's anything in our lives at this moment right now that might be inhibiting us from a relationship with you, God. Lord, I rebuke it right now. Lord, I ask that you would remove it from our lives so that we can understand and know you better, that we can have a relationship, a full and meaningful relationship with you, God, that we might experience all of your blessings. And so, Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts, Lord, that we would understand and feel in our hearts and have faith in your word. Lord, I pray that you would, man, just just pop and open up our ears so that we can hear exactly what it is you're trying to say to us, God. Lord, let your Holy Spirit rain down on the inside of us, God, that we might understand the goodness of your grace and all that you want to do in our lives. Lord, let your spirit rule and reign in this moment, Lord, that we might experience you and know you, God, for you are good and you're so good to us and we love you. And we're so grateful for this time and honored that we get to look into your word. Lord, help us to see it clearly today. In Jesus' name, we all say together, amen. You can't tell I'm excited today. I'm excited. Man, if you look at the kind of the condition of the world today, if you look in the era that we're living in right now, um, we, we talk, I talk about it a lot, right? This, this 24-hour news cycle that we're in, right? It seems like news never stops. There's always some current event coming up that we're aware of, and it seems like the stories happen almost faster, right, than, than they can be given an opinion or researched fully or written or, and consumed. It seems like news cone goes out, and then we fix it on the back end, right? It seems like there's just so much prolifer- uh, proliferation uh, of, of just news 
news, there's so much stuff that just goes out and, 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 and is just put out so fast uh, and, and to us. It's like it's just rapid fire consistently all the time. News, 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 news. And, and it's everything. It's, it's good news. It's great news. It's unimportant news. It's really important news. It's kind of middle of the road news. It's just news that we get all of the time. And it's, we consume it, right, all of the time, especially in this season. We've just been consumers and consumers and consumers of all these different viewpoints and news and thoughts and opinions and TV shows and articles and all this stuff that's just been thrown at us. If, if you think about it, though, at one point with news, you didn't have something uh, that happened on the other side of the world or something that happened in, in, in another state or, in an, or even in, an, in another city or even in your own town. If something happened on the other side of town, you really didn't learn about it back in the day until the next day. Right? Y'all remember that, right? When, when there was just newspapers, right? You didn't learn about everything until it was the next day. And what do you do? You watch, right, the 10 o'clock morning news or you watch the 6 o'clock news and maybe, maybe they would report on something that happened the day before. Maybe you'd find out, right, what happened. And, but it's, it's always, right, now it's just like, man, news is coming at you all the time, right? You're, you're, you're always just being inundated with so much stuff, right? But Back in the day, when, when they used to report on things, right, when you, when you would get it the next day, what you got was what was deemed newsworthy, right? It was something that had been vetted, that had been fully researched, that the opinion that was given was one that tried to be really informed and, and really, right, man, being able to reach and, and talk to all sides. It was newsworthy. It was something that was important. That was most of the news that we got. You didn't hear about, you know, the 18 different ways on BuzzFeed that you can, how you're a Disney character, right? You didn't hear about all that stuff. What you got was newsworthy. I'm not picking on BuzzFeed, but that's what they, pretty much the whole thing. That's all they do, right? Right? That's what was newsworthy. What did it mean? That means it was interesting enough. It was important enough to the general public that it warranted actually being reported. It actually, it was the, the news, right, those journalists that wrote actually said, you know what, this is an actual story that we should actually talk about because it has some actual value and merit to it. That's what made it newsworthy, right? And so only the, the, right, only the most important stories made that front page. Only the most important, most important stories made that first two minutes of news that came out, right? But then... Right? Sometimes, especially back in the day when you just had newspapers and that was what everybody listened to, what you'd have way, way back in the day is you'd have breaking news. Right? It seems like everything is breaking news now, right? Everything, come on, a dog crossed the street, breaking news. A dog made it across the street without getting hit, right? That's breaking news. But back in the day, what was newsworthy, if something was breaking news, right, especially with the newspapers, they used to have to print an additional edition. They used to have to print a second edition. If it was breaking news, something happened the night before, they might have that in the news. But if something happened just that morning, if war broke out that morning, they would have to print a whole new edition, right, to make sure that people knew about it. And, right, and to get people's attention to buy that secondary edition, someone would yell out, hey, extra, extra, read all about it, right? And then they would say the headline. Right, you'd hear that extra, extra, read all about it. Right, they want you to know to make sure that you understood what was going on and that is, that's what was important. Well, PK, why are you talking about this right now? It's because some of us are living lives according to the previous edition of ourselves. 
We are living and we are majoring in the things that aren't even newsworthy to God. They're not newsworthy to us or, or, or to other people, but we are living in kind of the menial, the middle of the road, the kind of less significant stuff. That's where we're living right now. And, and, it, and it really is it's not about the stuff that's life-changing. Because I'm here to tell you, look, your life has changed. If you believe in the Lord, right, your past life is old news. And there is a new updated, right, addition that you're living now in your life. And guess what? The, the life that you're living now, because you have faith in the Lord, it's not normal. Breaking news, Susan is not normal. Breaking news, Malik is not normal. Breaking news, Roy is not normal. The life that you're living as a believer in this season is not normal. And I feel like that is what Paul, that's the news that he's delivering to all of us when you look at Romans chapter 6. Look back with me. Verse 18 says, you have been set free from sin. This is a declaration. Break it. Look, extra, extra, read all about it. You have been set free from sin. That's newsworthy. That's what's important to your life. You've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Your life has changed. And just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and, and to ever-increasing wickedness, that was your old story, right? So now, Offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness that leads to holiness. If you are a new addition, live a new addition. Right? Live in, in, in the new person that God has called you to be. Be everything in this season. If he's called you to be new, stop living based off your old story. He's called you to a new and separate way in him. So here's the thing. Look, if you've put your faith in Jesus, then you're not who you used to be. You're not a slave to sin any longer. You have left the crowd, but now you are willingly living a life of righteousness. You've made a conscious decision here in your mind, right? A decision to be in a holy relationship with God. And, and, and that's not normal. You making a decision in this day and age, some of you have made this, that decision this year. You've made the decision to really, you know what, Lord? I see what's going on in the world. I'm really living for you now. And that is some breaking news. That is, that's what is newsworthy in your life. And so for all of us, we should be in the place and the mindset of, you know what? I'm never going back to normal. I, I love the song, uh, the group United Pursuit sings that says, man, I've made up my mind. I'm never going back. I'm never going back to normal. I'm never going back to normalizing, man, things in my life that I struggled with for so long. I'm never going back to that way. Man, trying to be normal, trying to be like the world, man, that is so burdensome. You carry so much weight trying to live like the world, like the world. And the world tells us that actually we suffer and experience death. We experience separation from God because we're so determined to still live and remain in sin and outside of the life that we're actually called to live in, the new life that we've been called to. 
I'm never going back to normal. And so, and look, so that's why Paul pulls no punches when in, in Romans 6.23. That's why he kind of lays it down because he's saying, look, this really should be all of our attitudes, right, that we're never going back. And he says, look, when you were, uh, 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Why am I not going back? Why am I not going back to normal? Why am I choosing to live in this new way? It's because, look, I recognize that the wages of sin is death. The, the stuff that I was doing in my old edition is actually related to death in my life. And that's all that I was experiencing before. And I'm choosing now not to live that ever again. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm not going back to normal. You can't make me. You can't drag me. You can't beat me back to normal. I ain't going. I'm not going back to normal. I'm not going to live that life again. And, but here's the thing. Someone might be thinking right now, well, well, PK, yeah, you know what? I get that. But, you know, when I was in the world, I was free. When, you know, I mean, I was, I was doing anything I wanted to do, and I was saying whatever I wanted to say, and I was experiencing everything I wanted to experience, and I could lie, and I could cheat, and I could steal, and I can ignore, and I could choose everything that doesn't align with a godly life without any repercussions. Man, who, who was going to stop me? Who was going to block me? Who was, man, nobody could tell me anything because I was just doing me. I was being exactly what I wanted to be. Like, I didn't have to worry about the wages of sin. I didn't care about that. I, I, didn't, I didn't care. That wasn't even a thought on my mind. And so you're telling me to, 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 to now live in this normal and be okay with that? To, to be okay with being a slave to righteousness? Man, you, you tell me that I was a slave to sin. Well, actually, I was free in my sin because I was doing whatever I wanted to do. You know what? In a way, you're right. You were free to offer yourself to every type of impurity. You're right. You were, yup, you were free to do that. And here's the thing. God's not going to stop you. He's not going to stop you from going back to the normal. He's not. That's not his job. He's, he's not going to stop you right, from doing that. Why? He gave you a free will so that you could choose the path that you would go on. Right? We talked about it all this series, right? He, he, he tells us to take the narrow path. He encourages us to go, the, to, to, to go to the way that's less traveled. But look, that's a choice that you have. That's your choice. That's your decision. Sometimes we feel like, well, well God, God should be standing there with a bungee cord. And every time I roll out there, I should just right back in it. That's, that's what should happen. That's how we feel. That's how it should be with God. But no, it's actually a choice. There's no bungee cord. It's just you. You are literally what you're doing is you're unhooking yourself from the Lord and choosing to go off a cliff. That's what we're doing. You have free will. God's not going to stop you. But look, and here's the thing. When you were slaves to sin, when you were there, look, you were free. The word tells us, Romans 6.20, you were free from the control of righteousness. But I love, right, the big question that Paul gives right here. He says, what benefit did you reap? Okay, you, were, you felt like you were free. You, you felt like you were out there and you could do whatever you want. But what benefit did you reap? At the time from the things you are now ashamed of. Because if you look back... At that time, you're like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Oh, Lord, I shouldn't have dated her. Man, I shouldn't have dated him. Somebody say amen on that one. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory be to God. He set us free. Thank you, Jesus. Look, 
What benefit did you reap at the time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those normal things result in death. And we've experienced it, right? Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin, right? What we earn from doing sin, what we earn from living a life outside of God is death. What is death? It is eternal separation from God. It's a spiritual separation from God. 2 Thessalonians 1.8 says this, it says, He, referring to Jesus when he returns, he will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. There is something that occurs when we separate ourselves from the Lord through the choices that we make, right? He goes on to say, they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Hell is a real place. And we get there because of sin. And look, I'm not, I'm not the most fire and brimstone preacher, but I will tell you about sin and hell. I'm not going to hold that from you. Why? Because the Lord's going to call on me and say, why did you not tell my people about the consequences of the actions that they take? So don't blame PK. I'm telling you right now, hell is real. And if you sin and you don't repent and you don't follow the Lord, you probably going to end up there. I can't say for sure, but my hope is that you would not go there anyway. That you would recognize actually who the Lord is. But you'd also recognize that God is just. And that as good as he is, because he gives us a free will, if we get out of that will, there is justice that occurs because of that. Right? And this is not to scare anybody or to put you off from the Lord. It's really to let you know that your choices have consequences. And that we, we, we walk into this relationship with the Lord, understanding that fully. Right? And somebody's saying right now, well, see, PK, I knew it. I knew that God, God was just out to get us. He's just out to punish us. No, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying that God is out to punish you. Actually, it's, it's the result of your choices. It's the result of the choices that people make not to be in a relationship with God, not to live according to what the word says, not to obey the gospel. That's what causes that separation. And this is the result, right, of living normally, of living free, of being in the crowd, which is why we've been saying, look, we are not normal. We're not normal. You're not normal. I'm not going to sugarcoat this word for you. We're not normal. If you're living like the world, you are living in the normal. We are not normal as believers of Christ. We are called to a different and a higher standard. That's just the truth of it. And so we have to live that way. Why? It's because God does not desire separation from you. Sometimes we can get in our minds, well, God just wants to punish me. Man, God just wants, he just, he's just trying to bring destruction. He doesn't really care about the earth. Actually, no. God does not desire the, the separation from us. He is actually trying to draw us closer into his presence. And what he's doing is he's waiting for you to recognize his ways. He's waiting for you to recognize his promises, right? He's waiting for you to understand that those things lead to a better you when you walk in them. When you walk in his presence, when you live according to his promises, man, those things lead you to a better life. 
But here's the thing. God's not going to force himself on you. It's a choice that you have to make. And I get that it's a hard choice when you're so used to living in the world. I get that. I get that living outside of the normal is is tough sometimes. I get that. But you were not called to be normal. And also God is not normal. Second Peter 3, 9 says, it says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, what is he? God doesn't, he does not just ready to burn you. Lord, we're just going to burn them just because they, no, he's actually saying, you know what? Actually, I'm going to be patient with you. Yeah. Not wanting anyone to perish. That's the God that we serve, right? But what does God want? He wants everyone to come to repentance. All of us. And it's so that we will live in the true freedom and life that he desires for us when we believe in him and when we obey the gospel. Thanks be to God that he was patient with you. Let me raise my hand. Thanks be to God that he was patient with somebody like me because I require a lot of patience. I thank God that he was patient with me. I thank God that his word had the ability to still cut me to the heart, that I I did not become so hard-hearted that I was not away from his reach. But actually, even when I was acting with a hard heart, he was still trying to chisel away at me, recognizing that I needed him. He called us out of the crowd so that you would live a life of purpose. That's why I read in Romans, right? 622 says, it says, but now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, right? Here's the benefit of doing that. Here's the benefit of being not normal, right? The benefit you reap leads to holiness. It leads to you actually coming closer into the presence and the essence of who God is. And the result of that is eternal life. It's eternal life. That's, that's the product. That's what's produced by you choosing to not live normally is holiness. And the result of that, of you living even in holiness, that's eternal life. It's God saying, oh, I recognize that you have made a concerted effort, a conscious decision. Uh, Man, um, you've made up your mind to live for me. Okay, great. I want you to, not only do I want you to be with me, but I want you to be with me forever. That's how much you, you making a decision now can impact something that's going to happen later on. Yeah. What we see here is that we reap a benefit from following the Lord, from following Jesus, right? And not only do we benefit, but that benefit leads to holiness and eternal life, right? The gift of God, I love that verse, right? The gift of God is eternal life, but the word says there is a benefit that actually comes before that. Did you miss it? We just read it. I missed it a zillion times reading this, but look, it says actually the gift of God is eternal life, but the word says there's a benefit that comes before that. There is a benefit to your salvation, to your life now that leads you to holiness and that holiness to eternal life. I wonder what that could be. Let's take a look. Right? Go back to Ephesians 3. I told you not to lose it. Ephesians 3 says, For this reason, 
This is Paul speaking. He's speaking to the Ephesian church, and he's saying, look, it's for this reason that I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name. And he says, I pray that out of, uh, that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with what? It is with power. Power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power. There it is again. Together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. The benefit that we reap. Because of our relationship with the Lord, the benefit that we reap in, in, in this space now, even before, right, it's, it's what gets us to holiness, which gets us to eternal life, right? It's the first part of the equation, A squared plus B squared equals C squared, right? This is the A squared part that we always miss, the part I can never get because I wasn't good at any of that stuff, right? Right, Here, here's the thing, right? It's the A squared part, right? Holiness leads to eternal life. We know that part. But what gets us to holiness? It's power. It's power. It's power. The word says that it's his power at work within us. And we see it at work in a few different ways here. Let's kind of break it down, right? What you see first, he says, look, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, right? So what's the first kind of part of that power? What's the first characteristic of the power? It's the power of Christ dwelling in your hearts through faith. It's that dwelling, right? This, this power gives you strength through the Holy Spirit, it's strength, it's power to deal with everything that will come your way. How do I even know that I can live a life that's not normal? It's because you have his power at work within you. It's, it's, it's the power to deal with everything that, that will come your way, right? What happens, right? The, the, the Lord, through the Spirit, takes up residence in your heart. He stays with you. His power dwells. It's what we've been doing during quarantine. We dwell. Put on your, you, put on, <laughs> you put on your hoodie and your comfortable pants and you dwell. A lot of us have been dwelling really well. You dwell. You ain't going anywhere. You're not leaving. He dwells with us. Imagine what just we have, just that benefit from his power, him just being there. You're not by yourself. God's dwelling with you yeah. and in you. He dwells. That was the second one. I don't got too much time, right? What's the second kind of asset characteristic of his power? Let's, let's read again, right? Ephesians 3, what's that second part? Picking up in verse 17, it says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, Right? So this is the second characteristic that we see right here. What is it? It's the power of knowing his love. Excuse me, it's the power of understanding. It's the power of understanding, excuse me. It's the power of understanding, right? It's grasping the love of Christ. 
the power of understanding. I've already given you step three. One step two, right? It's the power of understanding the love of Christ. Why? So that you would be two words here that I love, rooted and established. He gives you understanding of his love so that you would be rooted and established. What? This power lets you know that even when trouble comes, not if, but when, because it's coming, even when trouble comes, because he loves you so much, you will not be moved. When you're rooted and established, that means you are put in a position where you cannot be moved. It's really hard to move you. So when financial worries come, you may, maybe you, you kind of get hit, but you know what? I'm rooted, so you know what? I can, it's, that, that really doesn't bother me. When I have relationship issues and that comes and, and hits me on the broad side, oh, but I'm not moved. When I, have, when I have worries about school or college and I don't know when I'm going to get back on campus, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm rooted and established. You will not be moved. You don't have to be flaky. You don't have to be in and out or flip-flopping in your faith because you're rooted and established. You can get somewhere and sit down and rest in him. So not only is he dwelling, right? He's, he's, he's cold chilling in his hoodie and he's got his good ice cream with the big spoon and, right, and he's hanging on the couch and he's dwelling on the inside of you, but you also have the power to put down some roots and to be established yourself. And it's because of his love, of you understanding what his love means, right? You're rooted and established because you understand his love more and more. The more experience that I gain with him, the more rooted I become. The more established I become, the more I experience how God moves in my life and how he shows me his love. Man, that puts down another root. So even when things try to come and move me, oh, I can't, I can't because I'm rooted. Even when things try to take me out of God's presence, a situation, a dude, a job, a girl, no matter what it is, you know what? I'm rooted in Christ, so you can actually, you can actually go because I'm going to stay right where the Lord put me. I've experienced too much with him to go any other way. What's the third thing? I already told you, right? It's the power of knowing. What does it say there, right? Uh, uh, verse 19 says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. It's the power of knowing his love that you may be filled, it says here, to the measure of all the fullness of God. It's the power of knowing his love. My experiences with him far surpass anything that the world could tell me different about him. We talked about earlier about how the news just tries to inundate us with different things that are going on. That, that man, it can, it can make us really feel like, you know what, I really don't know who God is. Have you heard people say that during this season? Well, because all this stuff is going on, I, I really don't know God. I don't know if God is really for me. I don't know if, if I really want to still do the God thing, considering COVID-19 and all this stuff. Well, well, actually, hold on. It's through the power of knowing his love. It's my experiences with him, because I've had those experiences, right, that my understanding, my knowledge of him surpasses anything that the world may try to say to convince me to go back to normal. Because the world's going to continue to try to do that, to try to send you back into what you, don't, you know you don't need to be in. You've tried God, and he has never failed you. Anybody else have that testimony? Man, I've tried him, and I know him. I've tried him, and I've seen that his love is steadfast, unmovable, 
that I'm always abounding in him, that I am rooted and established, that I know exactly who he is. Why are you given this power? Ephesians 3.19 says, it says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Can you really even take a moment just to think about that? The reason why he gives you his power is so that you may be filled to your measure of all the fullness of God. Imagine having a cup that, is, that represents you and God pouring all of his hymnness into you. Could you even contain all that God would try to give you of his measure of who he is? It would, it would, it would blow your mind. Like it would, it would send, you would overflow, right? I, I love the verse John 10, 10, right? He's come, so what? That you may have life and, right? Some verses say have it to the full. I love the, the old one that says have it more abundantly, So more than my little self can even contain, that's how much God is actually trying to place in me. That's how much power, that's how much of his love he's trying to get into my little self to understand the immenseness of how long and wide and deep is his love for me. That's the power that helps me to sustain being normal in a time like this. Not being normal is that I know him and I have a relationship with him. And this is what God wants us to have. He wants us to have a life, not only to have a life, but to have a life and have it more abundantly, to full and overflowing. What he wants to give us is the extra, extra. It's not just the extra, right? He doesn't want to just fill us up. That'd be enough of God just filling himself us, you know, in us. That's extra. But he's actually saying, you know what? I want to give you so much that it begins to overflow into other parts of your life, that it's the extra, extra. It's more abundantly than you can even ask or imagine. Look, here's the thing. God didn't just come to save you for eternity. Sometimes we think, well, Pastor Kevin, that's why you want to be a Christian, just so I can go to heaven. No, that's not the only reason. There's some stuff right now that God wants to work out in your life. This more than just eternity. He wants to give you power right now. The extra, extra power right now. I love how the old preachers used to say, it's the power to walk right. It's the power that makes you talk right. It's the power to help you live right. That's the type of power that I'm talking about. It's the power that parted the Red Sea, right? It's the power that brought the walls of Jericho down. It's the power that healed the woman with the issue of blood that raised Jesus from the dead. It's that type of power. That's what he wants to do inside of us now. Yes, he wants you to live eternal life. That's the big benefit of it. But before we even get to that, A squared. I want to give you A squared, man. I want to give you power now. So that you, when it's, man, when, when everything's going crazy and we're saying, look, look, I, I, it's okay to not be normal, that you know that you have what it takes to live that now. Not later, but now. That's the big difference between us and the world. God gives us his power. He wants to blow your mind in regards to his love. Why? It's so that you'll choose him on your own. He doesn't have to force you to not be normal. If I know all of this, I'm going to choose him on my own. 
I don't need, to, I don't need anything to tell me. I get this and I gain eternal life. And look, that's why we choose to, this life that's not normal. It's because we're so blown away by how much God actually does love us. We're so blown away by how much he actually does give us his power now. I love Ephesians 3.20. It says, now to him who was able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Look, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be the glory. I give God the glory that, man, I don't have to be normal. I'm not worried about, man, not living like the world. Why? It's because his power is at work within me. And I can give him the glory. And in Christ Jesus, look, we sang it earlier. From a thousand generations, from generation to generation, forever and ever. And I'm saying amen. I'm saying, Lord, so let it be in my life. This power is at work in us to do more. How much more? Immeasurably more. The extra, extra. More than you can think you deserve because you don't deserve it. More than you think you've earned because look, you haven't earned it. More than you can dream. Because look, your dreams are too small compared to the measure of his fullness. Now that's newsworthy, that he would want to give you that. Extra, extra, read all about it. We're not normal. That's the headline. We're not normal. We believe that the immeasurable benefit, I told you what we believe. I said it to the end. We believe that the immeasurable benefit of our relationship with God is Christ's power at work in us, leading to eternal life. Why? Why do we believe that? Why are we standing on that? Why, why, why do we not turn away from that? Why, when everything's going on in the world, can I still choose to follow him? Can I still choose to believe him? Can I still choose to trust him? Can I still choose to walk with him in this season? Can I still choose to believe? Can I still choose to worship and lift my hands? I still choose to come out, even if, look, man, I, I, I'm still choosing to even come through the doors. It's because we're not normal. You're not normal. You don't have to live normal anymore. You don't have to ever go back. It's because God has given us the extra, extra. Bow your heads, let me pray for you. Thank you for listening to this message. If you want to hear more about this series or learn more about our church, check us out at cityheartjackson.com or follow us online at cityheartjxn.